What is the setup here? I mean, who's your boss? God. What? My boss. Scott. I'm an angel. I'm one of the best, but I try. And I make mistakes. Guess he figures the only way I'm going to learn is by mistakes. I'm kind of new at this. Hello. Welcome to Highway to Heaven Revisited. Hosted by Rachel Mayer and Joel Luders. With moderator, Sam Hine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite watch-through television podcast. This one is all about Highway to Heaven, and it's called Highway to Heaven Revisited. It is hosted by two of my favorite people in the world, Rachel Mayer and Joel Luters. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. How are you doing today? Very well. For everybody listening at home, my name is Sam Hine. I'm the moderator of this program. You come over to the Channel 3 TV studio and you sit down with me and you tell me the whole story of an episode of Highway to Heaven, a show I have not watched. And uh, I enjoy all the bumps on the road. I just realized this week that Highway to Heaven is on Netflix. I feel like that might be new because I don't remember seeing it when we started this podcast about, what, like five years ago now? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's everywhere. You should have zero problem streaming Highway to Heaven if you do want to watch it, if just listening to us isn't enough. Not you personally, Sam. I know yeah. you're not going to watch it. Everyone but Sam. Yeah. Uh, you can also find every single episode on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know for a fact that you can buy the DVDs at Menard. <laughs> of the complete series for less than $30. What a deal, really. Maybe it's, with commentary. <laughs> maybe it does have commentary. Maybe it has ghost commentary from Michael Landon and Victor French. They can't do that. Maybe that's why it's $29.95. You know, I was almost in for it. $29.95 is maybe a little high. What I thought was definitely too high as far as the DVDs go at Menards was the box set of Hee Haw. Mm. <laughs> was like forty five ninety nine, and I just couldn't get in on the whole box set of Hee Haw for that much, no matter how much like Loretta Lynn and Buck Owens performances are possible to view in that box set. Did you enjoy Hee Haw growing up? Did you watch it? No. I think it was along the same lines as this show, mm-hmm. Highway to Heaven. I was like, you know, country music is grandpa stuff. Yeah, I definitely remember it being on and like wanting to enjoy it because it had elements that seemed like they would be interesting. Like mm-hmm. Animals? Yeah, animals and like farm stuff could potentially be fun when you're not a kid who lives on a farm. There's a lot of bright colored costumes. Yeah, a lot of good costumes, but it was not enjoyable. I could just tell what I was watching wasn't funny. They were just trying to show me this is the end of the sketch and you laugh right here and they're just like cloying broadly. As a kid with Hee Haw, what I enjoyed was I wouldn't watch the show, but if I was channel surfing, I would try to catch the end of it because it was one of the first times I realized like that they did the same song at the close of everything. What was show. the song? Do you remember? Where, where are you tonight? Why'd you leave me here all alone? I searched the world over and thought I found true love. You met another and you was gone. Really? That was the song? I think. <laughs> Is the name just, of that I, I, song Raspberry Goodbye? <laughs> Raspberry Goodbye. The kind of thing you sing at the end of your show. Raspberry oh Goodbye. My gosh. You are so talented, Joel. Joel, I love your wow. singing. Thank you very much. Last weekend, we went to a work party for Joel, and you did a very impressive karaoke performance. Thank you. What's your song of choice when you like to kill at a work party, Joel? I have two choices. The one that I didn't go with was Prince's Purple Rain, but the one I did go with when I wanted to slaughter was Common People by Pulp. 
Okay. Because I know all the dancing moves to you it. You know all the dance moves. And I believe one of your fellow employees afterwards said, Joel, you are Jarvis Cocker. Joel, yeah. you <laughs> are Jarvis Cocker. That's right. Yeah. I've never seen Jarvis Cocker dance, but he does look pretty cool in pictures. He's got a good haircut. Yeah. Yep. So I recommend any of our listeners to uh, look up Common People Pulp on YouTube. Yeah, if you're wondering what Joel looks like when he's dancing, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, uh, hee-haw, ruminations <laughs> aside, let's get to the task at hand. Yeah. We're here to talk about Highway to Heaven today. Uh, we're deep into season one. Oh my goodness. It's yeah. Final four episodes of the show. Yeah. Maybe we're building up to some epic climax. Who knows? There could be a giant cliffhanger at the end of yeah, the two-parter. That's like, I wonder, are they going to do a cliffhanger? Oh I hope gosh. John gets They're... promoted, is what I'm hoping. <laughs> Maybe he'll get his wings at the end of season well, he, one. I mean, he has been on Prohibition, right? Isn't he on like... Uh... He's definitely on a prohibition and anti-smoking ticket. Oh, well, yeah, that kind of prohibition too, but like probationary angel probation. period. Mm-hmm. They have not talked about why Jonathan is on Earth, Correct. just that he is an angel on Earth. And he's new at it. Right. And he sometimes gets things wrong. He learns from his mistakes. I have done a little reading that does lead me to believe we're going to find out more about the nature of his reign on Earth as a probationary angel. This isn't fanfic, is it? <laughs> Are you reading uh, Highway to no. Heaven fanfic I'm on top trying- of doing this podcast? I am trying so hard to bring back Highway to Heaven fanfic, but there is not. There is not a lot of it out there right now. Well, that's only because Joel hasn't gotten around to the subreddits. That's right. For those Mark and John shippers out there. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) All right. So we're deep into Highway to Heaven season one. Mm -hmm. I believe this is the uh, fourth to last episode of the season. Technically, there's five, but the last one is a two-parter. Oh, I see. I, I think. My math is all screwed up. There's five more, but the last one is a two-parter. So we're going to have four more episodes to record because we record mm-hmm. our two-parters in one. Definitely. Yeah, so this is episode 20. Episode 20. Mm-hmm. What is the uh, title of episode 20? The Banker and the Bum. Interesting. What do you think it's about, Sam? The Banker and the Bum. I, I'm going to say that this is a turn on uh, the prince and the pauper. There's a rich guy and a poor. Well, let's face it. There's going to be a rich man and a poor man. They might have to walk around in each other's shoes for a day or two (laughs) during the course of this episode. That's what it seems to follow because there was an episode that was clearly a Christmas Carol episode. And Mm -hmm. the title of that one was Another Song for Christmas. So if this is still season one, we're still talking about the same writer's room. They're like, what do we call a Prince and the Popper episode? How about the banker and the bum? Now, Sam, you understand the premise of our podcast, right? right? Yes. Rachel and I watch the episodes. You're not supposed to. No, I'm not supposed to. I'm pretty sure it sounds like you've watched this episode. I have not watched this episode. As someone who has, I could not have done a better, more succinct explanation Mm -hmm. of what's in store. I mean, this is a perfect example of why we picked Sam to be the moderator of this podcast. He's just so well-versed in all entertainment and media (laughs) knowledge, right? Um, You know what, guys? I I mean, if I've explained it well enough, we could just call it a day right now. Take a long walk in the glorious sunshine. All right. Uh, let's vote on our Michael Landon factor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I would say, what's well, the, there was What's a... the takeaway? What's the moral? Well. As usual, uh-huh. I forgot about the Prince and the Popper story. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's absolutely what the title is a riff on. Okay. Duh. Excellent. I'm kind of intrigued as to how this will play out on the Highway to Heaven format. How does our show begin today? Well, we fade in and we Unless are... you really want to stop recording right <laughs> now, guys. <laughs> 
Let's keep. I mean, we're here already. We're already here, right? Are there any nice porches that are open? Any patios? Let's go down to Psycho Susie's and. Yeah, this is what happens when it hits like forty degrees in Minnesota in February, right? It's right. time time for drinks on the patio. First sunshiny day. Ooh. Yeah, forty degrees in October. You're like no. Forty degrees in February. You're like mm-hmm. oh my goodness. I know. Goodness. I'm wearing my tube top today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So fade in. We're on a street in California and right on the corner of this street there's a park. In front of the park is a homeless man and he's talking to the cars as they drive past. He's all like, hi everybody, and he's waving at them. He's all like, drive safe everybody. Hi, how you doing? Have a nice day. Be careful out there. How you doing everybody? He seems really friendly. He's wearing kind of a bonanza hat. What I would imagine like Curly the Kooky Cook or maybe a miner would be wearing, but it was like a like a, a Gabby bl- Hayes kind of thing? Wide brim it's a little yes. crumpled. I don't know who Gabby Hayes is. A little crumpled. He's got a big, big old beard. And then he goes, hi, Charlie. Yep, well, it's 12 o'clock. Time for lunch. There's no one around him. We don't see any Charlie. Yes. But it's time, it's time for his lunch break. So he goes off to eat lunch. Then we see John and Mark pull up in their car to this park. And just for our viewers out there, that park is called Lafayette Park in Los Angeles, California. It is a neighbor to the famous MacArthur Park of the song. MacArthur Park. I'm not familiar with the, the song The 1968 about hit. MacArthur Park. MacArthur Park. Gilbert Gottfried is uh, obsessed with this song about MacArthur Park, especially uh, the lyrics about a cake in the rain. There's a cake in the rain oh, in MacArthur Park. It's yes. that song? The cake in the rain song? Yes. Yeah, MacArthur Park. Not every song can be about that boat that you really like. The Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah. Not every song can be about the Edmund Fitzgerald, Rachel. Okay. I thought you guys were talking about the Love Boat theme song. (laughs) Sam, not every song can be about the Love Boat. You guys are just still thinking good karaoke ideas here. And so it's Neighbors to MacArthur. I could kill the Love Boat theme song. (laughs) At karaoke, I could ham that up with like maple syrup and murder it. Are you a karaoke person? Do you jump in when it's offered, Sam? I do. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, I, I knew Joel did. I, I like the attention. So <laughs> it doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> do you have a go-to song? I have a couple. Um, sometimes if it's in the computer, what song I really like to pull out that everybody's like, whoa, I haven't even thought about that song is I do Five O'Clock World by the Vogues. How's hmm. that going? Wake up every morning just to keep my job. I gotta find my oh, way. Oh, yeah. It has yodeling in the middle of it. Wow. Maybe for our Patreon subscribers. Yodeling. That part. But like I do it, you know, I'm not going to do it full voice for the podcast. But if you're in the middle of a bar, you just like crank out a yodel in the middle of a song. Everybody's like, what? Super fun. Wow. Yeah, that is that is a good unexpected pick. So they're at Lafayette Park, neighbors to MacArthur Park, which during the 80s had a. Oh, he finally stopped saying MacArthur Park weird. Thank you, Joel. At the time, (laughs) that park um, in the 80s was known for having lots of gangs and crime. Mm -hmm. And so this park is the one that's next to that park. Okay. And it seems to be where a lot of the homeless people were congregating. Okay. Because that's what we see. We see John and Mark getting out of their car, walking through kind of just uh, groves of homeless people laying on benches. Yeah, there's like a guy laying on a bench with a newspaper over his face. Uh, Just lots of people who look kind of down on their luck. Some people pushing shopping carts. And they're walking through and Mark, he sees our happy-go-lucky bum talking to himself and Mark's like, Hey, Jonathan. What? I mean, look at that poor guy. Boy, I mean, he is gone. I mean, really gone. I mean, he's out there. <laughs> he's 
slipped off the scope. Lost contact with Houston Control. <laughs> he's just sitting there talking to himself like... While he's standing there talking about this, John wanders off. And when John wanders off, behind him is like a business guy reading a newspaper, looking over at Mark, rattling on and talking to no one. I was uh, uh, talking to a friend. Here a second ago. Yeah, like, okay, so like there's also the a business guy somewhere in the vicinity talking to himself. Okay, let's try yeah, again. Let's try again. Yeah, Rachel, you want to give it a shot? So I, I was, I'm following you here. So let let me okay. see if I'm figuring this out. Okay. So Mark witnesses the bum talking to himself. The yes. bum has got an imaginary friend. Yes. And then there's a business person in the scene somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Also to be observed talking to himself. So the, there's a business guy on a bench talking to himself too. <laughs> the business guy is not talking to himself. The business guy is just sitting there reading a newspaper. Jonathan and Mark are having a dialogue, and Mark is going on about this other crazy person who he sees talking to himself, the bum. And but, Michael Landon has wandered off, right. so Mark is alone talking to himself. Mark does not realize he's lost his audience. So then, what we see is just the businessman observing Mark talking to himself. So about the businessman is the lucky guy who can see two people talking to themselves yeah and then mark realizes what's going on and all of a sudden he tries to be like oh, oh i had a friend here just a second ago i don't know where he went and then he's like oh brother and just goes walking off it was kind of nice because he was like ranting about how unfortunate this crazy guy is to be so crazy and how crazy it must be to be that crazy and then when he gets mistaken for being the crazy guy that sounds like a classic mark moment and then when he catches up to jonathan mark's like jonathan i really wish you wouldn't do that don't ever leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> pretty much that's when mark realizes that this bum might be their next assignment and he's like oh which we all know already he's like don't tell me that bum's our next assignment john's like yeah he is our next assignment not only is this bum our next assignment he doesn't have long to live this bum has less than 24 hours to live and we're here to grant him one wish they're in the wish granting business now yeah they're genies so then we get a close-up of the bum he's sitting there he has a newspaper in his lap and a squirrel's eating like uh, peanuts out of his lap and he's like talking to the squirrel or to this charlie character and on the newspaper is this guy's photo and he's like starts kind of talking about who is this guy here like oh this rich guy in this newspaper he's wanting to shut down and pave over everything with roads and thoroughfares and this guy owns all the companies he's in the newspaper that's the switchy man it might be the banker so we find out this man's name is melvin rich and the (laughs) j melvin rich j melvin rich our bum is talking to his friend charlie and he's like this guy melvin rich not only is he rich he wants to shut down the soup kitchens he's shutting down the homeless shelters and he's running for mayor. Okay. This has a lot of parallels to today. So Darth yeah, Vader's running for it actually does. Darth Vader's running for mayor. Yeah. Oh, and here's where I should tell you that the bum is played by actor Ned Beatty. Oh, Ned Beatty's still a famous actor. Mm-hmm. Is he still alive? I think I so. I think so. I believe so. He was in such hits as Deliverance, Nashville, mm-hmm. All the President's Men, Network, and Superman One and Two. Yeah, Ned Beatty's the stuff. And this is just barely scratching the surface. All right, so we have two cast members who were in Nashville. That's cool. Ned Beatty. I think he played a manager, somebody's manager in Nashville. Ned Beatty was never on Quantum Leap? No. No. 
That's unfortunate. Because yeah, he was on so many TV shows. Mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't had a Leapser in a while. We have not. Correct. We've been striking out. I, I don't know how long, but it's been a while. Yeah, I've even started going through like all the grips and the editors and the sound designers looking for a Leaper in here. Mm-hmm. And no dice. Okay, well, maybe there's not nearly as much crossover as we thought. So he sees the switchy man in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And how does the big switch happen? Well, we're not quite there not yet, quite. but we're of getting close. We're so Mark But and- that is the switchy man. Maybe. Maybe. Mark and Jonathan are making their way towards our bum on the bench. And Jonathan says something like, oh, hello. Uh, he, oh, he over, Mark, which one? Jonathan? One of them. Jonathan overhears the bum talking to this rich guy. Like what I would say to this rich guy if I saw him. And Jonathan's like, oh, I couldn't help overhearing you. What would you tell him? What would you say to this guy? Listen to this, Charlie. He says he wants to close the park and pave it over to make more parking space for the business district. Boy, I would really like to tell that guy a thing or two. What would you want to tell him? What? I couldn't help but overhear what you were saying to your friend there. My friend? You mean Charlie? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, my name's Jonathan. This is my friend Mark. How you doing there, Charlie? Who's he talking to? Well, to your friend, Charlie. Do you you see Charlie? Well, yeah, sure I see him. (laughs) Don't you? No. You better get your friend some help, you know? Well, he's had a bad day. Olives do that to him. Olives? Huh? That's pretty weird. Your bum's all like, wait, you can see Charlie? He's not really there. Yeah. I just talk to him because I don't have anybody else to talk to. He's like, you guys got each other to talk to. If I had a real friend, I would talk to them. He's all like, I think your buddy here is loopy. If he thinks he can see Charlie. I can't see him. Of course he's not there. Okay, so this bum actually isn't crazy. He just has been spending so much time alone. Rather than dodder on and talk to himself, he addresses somebody named Charlie, who he knows is imaginary and isn't actually there. Thank you for summing that up. Very similar to the book My Side of the Mountain. In the book My Side of the Mountain, we're about the boy who goes out and lives in the forest. And at one point, he develops a whole cast of characters that he speaks with that he knows are imaginary, but Mm -hmm. it helps pass the time. Or like Castaway. The Last Man on Earth made a big giant parody joke of Castaway where Will Forte's character has like a bunch of beach balls in uh. in a bar somewhere where he just goes and talks to like all of his round object friends. It's like a whole bar that. full of people. Okay, so Charlie's not real. We do learn our bum's name. His name is Willie. Willie the Waver, because he stands on the corner and waves hello to everybody going by. Willie then also says, uh, well, it's good to meet you guys. Having someone like Charlie is a lot cheaper than a head shrinker. Charlie also wants to tell you to stay off the olives, Mark. Probably because of high sodium, and men over 50 should probably avoid sodium. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was... When uh, early, either that or he doesn't like retired PIs no. with bad, stinky olive breath. Ew, get that off of me. No, earlier when Willie was like, "What's wrong with your friend?" Jonathan said something like, "Oh, I think he had some bad olives earlier." Oh. So there is a reason for okay. it. Yeah, okay. he, he blamed it on some bad olives. Uh, so yeah, John is talking to Willie the Waver, and he's like, whoa, what would you tell this guy? Yeah, what would you tell Melvin Rich if you could say something to his face? And the music swells, and he looks up, and he goes, be nice. That's it. Be Just- nice. That about says it all, doesn't it? And John kind of pauses, and he's like, yeah, yeah, be nice. Okay. All right. And that's the great. person who gets to die in the next 24 hours. <laughs> So they're sitting on a park bench under a beautiful tree. The leaves are blowing in the wind. The sun is shining. And Willie says, it's awful pretty for this time of year, isn't it? You see this tree? In about six months, it's covered with the most beautiful blossoms. I guess I won't be around to see that. That's too bad. 
I would like to see them fluttering down just one more time. So Willie knows he's going to die? Yeah, Willie yeah. knows the clock's ticking. Yeah, I mean, I took it like he figured, okay, I'm probably going to pass away within the next six months. But we know he's going to die much sooner. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely not going to see those tree blossoms again. Then John and Mark pick up the newspaper. Mark's thumbing through and he's like, oh, look at this. This is J. Melvin Rich. He's the richest person to ever run for mayor. And John's like, yeah, we should invite him down to the park. Yeah, I'm sure he'll take that invitation. <laughs> That's what Mark's like. Mark then just starts ranting like, how are we going to get a rich guy to come down to this park? That's crazy. Who's going to come down to this park and talk to some flipped out guy who sits around talking to invisible people? So he's ranting again and Jonathan has once again walked off during this monologue leaving Mark sitting on the bench ranting to himself. Behind him you can see this business lady looking over at him being like oh my goodness who's this? I'm stuck with the crazy guy again. Oh no. That's a nice button and that scene is over. So we're gonna just run into the rich guy. Yeah we are inside the top floor of like an amazing executive business building. There are plants hanging everywhere. There's like brown on brown modern art everywhere brown carpet yeah. sounds mm-hmm. very modern brown mm-hmm. on brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brown shades of brown mark's comment upon walking into the offices what is this a library which just shows how fancy it was <laughs> and then they run into this executive secretary guy who's yeah. like would you keep your voice down please this is an office not a bowling alley <laughs> Guess what Jonathan says next? You got something against bowlers? (laughs) Jonathan says, I'm an angel. I usually don't tell people that, but let's get right to the point. Whoa. So when the Uh clock is ticking, Michael Landon just flips over his cards. Mm -hmm. And then executive secretary says, I appreciate your candor. And turns to Mark and says, and pray tell, pray tell, pray tell. Who are you, Tinkerbell? (laughs) Another sick burn. And then he just goes, have a seat. Someone will be right with you. Wow. So this is like Jedi mind trick level stuff like not really no it goes actually about you how you'd expect because the next people to visit them is security Mm -hmm. he just immediately calls security nice Mm -hmm. thank you very much i wasn't totally buying the scenario but wait because security shows up and they're looking all around and they're like wait there's nobody here but mark and jonathan are totally still there so they have now become invisible okay yeah (laughs) okay yeah this is some angel magic we haven't seen since the christmas episode i feel like this is the first time this is the first time they didn't do any invisibility in the Christmas? Well, he did a lot of like creeping out of the shadows, but not not literally. We're standing here and there's four other people in the room looking around frantically trying to find us and they can't see or hear us. Mark thinks it's neat though. Mark's getting a kick out of it. This is the first appearance of Jedi mind control invisibility. Because it's one thing in the Christmas Carol where you're like, I'm observing this story that's going on and I'm maybe in the room, but I'm basically just looking through a window. And in this, no, they are in the physical space. If they wanted to pick up a book and floated around the room, I feel like they could have done that. But they don't. They don't do that. They just take their opportunity to go into J. Melvin Rich's office. That is definitely something we're going to do in the reboot. Somebody write that down. They walk into J. Melvin's office. J. Melvin Rich is played by well-known actor Ned Beatty. Yeah. He's playing both of them. Nice. (laughs) Great. I was totally going to interrupt you and ask you, like, is it Ned Beatty in a double role? Yeah. Sure. Is Ned Beatty in a double role? This is a juicy one. Mm -hmm. We might have to cut to some clips for this one. Who are you two? What are you doing in here? You can see us? Of course he can. How are we going to talk to him? He can't see us or hear us. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Fisk, call security. I've got two lunatics in my office. (laughs) You're wasting your time, Mr. Riss. They won't be able to see us. Throw them out. Yes, sir. Take them out, fellas. Hey, hey, you can see me. That's right, Tinkerbell. 
What about the other one? Throw him out as well. What other one? This one right here, you cretin. Oh, they can't see me. Don't be absurd. Of course they can. Who can? You can. Can what, sir? They can't hear me either. They can't? Who can't? You can't. Can't what, sir? They think you're crazy. They do? Who do? You do. Do what, sir? Think I'm... Crazy. Wouldn't do to have them think you're crazy. You're running for mayor. Tell them let go of my friend. Let go of his friend. Whose friend? Just let him go and get out of here. And then the banker just sits down. He's like, oh, I'm having a nervous breakdown. And he picks up his phone. He's like, cancel all my appointments for today. And get my driver to pick me up. I got to go home. Jonathan says, you're not having a nervous breakdown. That's not what this is. I'm an angel. That's what this is. J. Melvin Rich goes to Mark. Wait, you're both angels? And Mark's like, no, no, no. He is an angel. I'm an ex-cop. And that's when Melvin is just like, whoa. I'm totally cracked. Yeah. And then Jonathan says, we need you to come to the park with us. And Melvin's like, no. I'm going home and he tries to stand up and get out of his chair he can't stand up okay so we also have angel paralysis yeah I was thinking angel glue but glued to the chair <laughs> angel glue that's what it looks like he's like glued to his seat and he can't mm. get up and John says I'll let you get up if you promise to go to the park Melvin's like okay I promise don't have a lot of options here and then he goes okay and then and he stands up and then he's just sort of looking around just dumbstruck yeah we have a few beats of Melvin just like standing there with his mouth hanging open I I love this episode so far. It's yeah. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Are we in the park? We are now arriving at the park. We are in Melvin's fancy rich guy car, which is a 1983 Cadillac Sedan DeVille stretch limousine. And he's got a chauffeur. All three of them get out of the car, and Melvin is wearing a gray top hat. Does he look like Sir Topham hat from Thomas the Tank Engine? Yes. I would say as much as any character we've seen thus far to date on Highway to Heaven, yes. Three-piece suit, gray top hat. John is wearing a dark dark blue button-up shirt, light blue jeans, white sneakers, and a brown leather jacket. Mark is wearing white button-up shirt, light jeans, and his good old Oakland A's hat. Joel, if you nice. had to pick one of the characters to dress like for the next year, which one would you pick, do you think? Michael Landon. For sure. I like the versatility of wearing uh, different leather jackets. I think I'd probably go for the Victor French look purely because he has like a hat option. That's like actually exactly what I was thinking, Sam. Because, you know, sometimes you just need a hat in the summer. My forehead gets burned. Right? And right. cold. My mm-hmm. head gets cold. I need a hat laying around. Rachel? Okay. Oh, I, yeah, I would I would go with Victor French, too. Cool. It's nice to know I got two sidekicks. Well, I guess we figured out our Halloween costume, guys. It doesn't seem to follow, though, because of out of anybody sitting at the table, Joel, you can grow the most <laughs> Victor Frenchian beard here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if the question was who we want to go for Halloween, yeah, I'd go as Victor French in a heartbeat. But I don't want to dress like him all year long. Well, and my hair is the longest. You I could, could pull do off the, nice like, <laughs> Michael Landon wave. It would not be appropriate, but it would be kind of funny if we just based it on like the most recurring cast members of Highway to Heaven. <laughs> I couldn't go out, but if if you were Michael Landon, Rachel, and you were Victor French, Joel, and then I was James Troche. Oh my gosh, I mm, knew that's what you were going to say. That would make Love a lot it. more people angry, but it'd be kind of funny for like five seconds. I mean, if they only it, knew how good I was inside. It made me laugh. I think in like 20 years, people will be like, of course. I mean, if we're thinking about how everybody looks, Sam is definitely the closest to Scotty, right? It's kind of a dirty yeah. blonde with yeah, a big like forehead. Short hair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or you could just go as the sky and be God. So anyways, where are we? They're at the park. We've got Willie the Waver, we've got J. Melvin Rich, and of course we've got Mark and Jonathan. And they introduce the bum and the banker Yeah, Jonathan's like, I think this bum has something to say to you, Mr. Banker. Willie takes his opportunity and he just says, Mr. Rich, be nice. Mr. Rich is like, be nice? Huh? 
Willie goes, yeah, that's the whole ball of wax. You brought me all the way down here to this park for this bum to tell me be nice. That's the message? And then Jonathan steps in. I pulled some dialogue. Do you want to try? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right, guys, give me a juicy reenactment. So Willie's wish has already been granted. He's said to Mr. Richie Banker Pants what he wants to say, but Jonathan's like, he's not getting it. Do you want to be Jonathan or do you want to be the banker, Joel? I'll be the banker. Okay, so Jonathan is going to weigh in. I'm portraying Jonathan today. Jonathan says to the banker, think about it. You're not very nice. You've got no compassion for people. You want to take away what little they've got. You want to close the shelters, soup kitchens, pave over the parks, put in oil wells instead of beaches. Wait a minute. I've worked hard for what I've got with the honest sweat of my brow. I beg your pardon, Mr. Rich. Your bank is very dishonest. Your companies make shoddy products. You don't care about the safety of your employees. The list goes on and on. It all boils down to one thing. You're just not nice. What do you intend to do about that? Me? Nothing. But I'm giving you a chance. The choice is up to you. That's it? That's it. It's up to me to make the choice. It's already been made. Nice is for nerds. I'm rich. Rich, and rich is how I intend to stay. Oh, my boss isn't going to like that. Your boss? Let him do something about it if he so chooses. In the meantime, I will wish you good day. Crack of thunder. The wind. wind starts whipping around. The leaves and the trees are blowing. All of a sudden, there's newspaper and trash blowing everywhere. There's it's like no a cyclone of way trash. of knowing which direction we are going. We get a shot of the bench. Willie has disappeared. He's not sitting on the bench anymore. Mark is standing next to someone who's obscured by newspaper, which has blown over his face. Yeah, his face is just full of newspapers. All of the sudden, the weather calms down. Birds start chirping again. The new Newspaper falls down. We see Mark standing next to Willie the Waver. And Willie is saying, what happened? And Mark says, I don't know. Are you all right, Willie? And Willie goes, why'd you call me Willie? That's your name, isn't it? No, you cretin. I'm J. Melvin Rich. They freaky Friday'd. That was the big switchy time. It's a little more swirly than I thought it would be, but (laughs) I'm glad the switchy time is here. They're starting to realize what happened. And in fact, they've traded speech patterns. He's got like a richy rich guy accent, but he's dressed like Willie the Bum. All right. So how does the drama of the big switchy time begin to unfold here now that Mr. Richie Man is getting called Willie? So from here on out, how are we going to address them? Because it gets confusing. Well, they've switched. Yeah, they have switched. why don't we just refer to the bum as the bum and the banker as the banker? But now they've switched. That seems like a good start. Okay, well, one is dirtier than the other because he's a bum, right? Yeah, and so it's the (laughs) bum. How much is Ned Beatty and Dirty Ned Beatty? (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. All right, so the bum is freaking out. And he's like, why am I wearing these dirty clothes? And he immediately runs up to a little old lady. She's got a a little compact mirror out of her handbag that she's looking in. And he runs up and tries to grab it away from her. And she's like, get away from me. I've studied martial arts. Yeah, and then she bonks him over the head with her handbag and runs off yelling about being mugged. But he did get the mirror. So he's looking at himself in the mirror and he's like, whoa, what is this? What happened? Next we know the old lady comes back with police officers. That's the one. That's the one who tried to mug me. Lady, are you sure? This is Willie the Waver. I've known this guy for years. He wouldn't hurt a fly. Now, what's this all about, old-timer? This Amazon attacked me. Well, he tried to steal my compact. I simply asked to see myself. Sure, it was just a misunderstanding, man. I can clear all this up, officer. I am J. Melvin Rich. I have sufficient identification to... He stole my wallet. 
My credit cards. <laughs> sure, Willie, sure. I told you, lady, he's really harmless. Well, harmless or not, they ought to keep these people off the street. That's exactly what I have been saying in my campaign. This lovely young woman is exactly right. And if you will vote for me, madam, I can assure you. So he's going to go to jail. He's getting arrested no, and going no, no, to jail. No, no. no because no. the little old lady's like, you know what? I'm not going to press charges. He's clearly nutty as a fruitcake. And then they show Mark standing next to him doing like the crazy finger next to his head. Okay, so he got lucky. Mm-hmm. And the cop says, no more shenanigans, Willie. Come on, Willie. Then Mark and the current bum walk off. Let's go feed the pigeons together. What do you say? And as they go and walk off, Mark says, you know, I was always taught to never judge a man until you've walked a mile in his moccasins. I don't wear moccasins. I wear wingtips. Not anymore. And he's like, I think the boss has intervened. I think what he's got in mind is for you to do some walking. And then we cut to John and Mark and Switchy Rich are running in slow motion <laughs> along the ocean. The Chariots of Fire song is going. That right? is a really good song. It's one of the most beautiful songs there is. Very motivational, but that song is not playing. Highway to Heaven Revisited will return after a brief intermission. This is the intermission. It is happening right now. Please subscribe to Highway to Heaven Revisited wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you will never miss an episode. Visit our website, highwaytoheavenrevisited.com, to listen to every episode of the podcast. While you are there, you will find links to our social media pages, contact information, and ways you can help support the show. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting Highway to Heaven Revisited on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash highway to heaven revisited to see the variety of special perks exclusive to patreon patrons is your company interested in sponsoring highway to heaven revisited please send an email to highway to heaven revisited at gmail.com sam has been waiting his whole life to read your ads on the show intermission is over so now John and the <laughs> Melvin, John and the rich guy are now together. The switched rich, yeah, the bum who is now the rich guy. The switched rich, Willie as the rich guy, uh-huh. and John basically just explains and says, "Hey, we just swapped you. You know, you get to walk a mile in this guy's shoes now. It's gonna be a lot of fun." Mm-hmm. And the the bum slash rich guy, Willie. I don't know. It's it's tricky. <laughs> He's like, I don't think I can do this, Jonathan. And Jonathan's like, sure you can. You just have to be nice, but it's not going to be hard for you because you don't have to change. Just be yourself. Cancel a bunch of this guy's business contracts now that you're driving the car. And then by the episode, you're going to die. It'll be fine. How much chaos can you create in 24 hours? Cut back to Mark and Willie, the bum, trying to break it. I'm just going to say their names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Willie is trying to to get into his office building because he's like, this is my building. I own it let me in and outside it says this is the j melvin rich building well j melvin rich has his own building yeah he's really rich and the security guard obviously won't let him in he's like hey you're a bum you can't get in willie like rushes past him and gets in the door and then the next thing we see is a shot of that classic like him being thrown out like by his belt just he's flying out the door and lands on his face and the security guard says and don't come back boom then we cut to outside the rich guy's house 
John and the new rich guy get out. They get out of the car. The driver gets out of the car as well. And they start talking with each other. Willie starts talking to John. The driver's a little confused because John is invisible. Oh, yeah. John is there, but no one can see him. He's still invisible. And so now the driver and rich guy are chatting. When was the last time I gave you a raise? Never. Young fella, I can't believe you've been in this job all this time. You never got a raise. Well, sir, you've never seen fit. Well, I seem pretty fit now, don't I? What do you think, Jonathan? My name is Jameson, sir, and it's okay. Yeah, I forgot. Well, what about that race? I'd appreciate it very much, sir. Well, he did steal a case of motor oil from Mr. Rich last month and some spare parts he sold to a friend. Oh, you shouldn't have done that, son. That's not very nice. Do what, sir? Stealing the motor oil, no spare parts. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Rich. Uh, he only did it because Mr. Rich docked him a week's pay for getting a dent in the car. Oh, yeah, well, that's different. You believe me, then? No, I don't. Angels don't lie. Well, I'm no angel, but I didn't... How much did you get for them spare parts and things? Mr. Rich, I swear I didn't take anything. $230. $230? That's a lot of money. You found out. Look, I know I did no, wrong, no, but well, I... Yeah, yeah, well, what are we going to do about it? Well... Obviously, you're going to fire me, but please don't press charges. I've got a wife and a child. I needed the money for the rent, and I... All right, you got the raise. What, sir? Yeah, you got the raise, uh, but you got to pay me back out of that because I, I can't let you be stealing. No, sir. I'm really sorry I did I'm, it, sir. I know. No telling what a man will do when he's desperate. People shouldn't have to be in that kind of situation. It ain't right. No, it ain't. is isn't. I don't know how to thank you, sir. Well, just don't lie or steal anymore, son. It isn't nice. This is very like highway to heaven morality, I thought, because he's like, we want to give this guy a raise. He deserves a raise, but we also need a little bit of punishment. You can't just get away with stealing stuff. Yeah. So we got to punish you a little bit. And I do think he did give a little bit of nuance to the character versus it just being like he's got a blank check to sign for the rest of the episode. You yeah. know, like, hey, double your pay. Yeah. This is your new bedroom. Hey, do you need a car, waitress? You know, just a blank check the whole way. The right thing will be for you to pay us back that money, but I'll give you a raise. And he does have a nice little tag at the end where Rich Willie says, you know, you can't tell what a man will do when he's desperate. People shouldn't have to be in that situation. It ain't right. And then he says to the chauffeur, just don't lie or steal anymore, son. It isn't nice. Then he goes up to his door. Guys, I got to tell you right out of the gate, this is a very high scoring Michael Landon factor episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 We have constant yeah. cloaking. And then on top of that, he's got inside knowledge on all the staff members. Yeah. I mean, if somebody hadn't already scored a 10. This might be one that'll score a 10, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll see. It's there might be some twists. I don't want to sway your opinions, but I mean, if there's any like automobile related angel magic, this one is scoring pretty high. So now we are inside the rich house and the butler lets them in. The butler's name is Parks, played by actor Ivor Barry, who's Welsh. That's a good name. Ivor. My Ivor. name is Ivor. I'm an engine driver. Is that really the name in that song? I think so. I know the song, but I don't remember the lyrics that well. That's it the does only rhyme. song. It totally rhymes. I mean, that makes sense. It's the only time I've ever actually uh, heard somebody with the name Ivor referred yeah. to, yeah. other than that song. Big day for me, guys. Yeah, Ivor. So Ivor the butler. Ivor the butler lets them in, and he turns to Rich Will, and he's like, 
Sir, do you want your smoking jacket? Of course, he's British, isn't he? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. all butlers are British. And Rich Willie goes, oh, no, 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 I, I gave that up years ago. I was tired of scrounging around for butts, you know, on the ground. He's like, oh, what? Uh-huh. He's like, uh, you know what? I, how about I give you a raise, too? Yeah, I bet you need a raise, too, don't you? When was the last time you got a raise? Like, never. Oh, it seems due. All right, you got a raise. Keep smiling. Okay, so it's mostly going to be a blank check episode. Then he yeah. turns and there's a woman standing there while he's throwing out raises. He's like, oh, you work here too? Oh, hi, how you doing? Well, you're speaking to me. Yeah, you work here too? That is one of the most insulting things you've ever said to me. Rich's wife. Oh, gee, I wish you'd said something before. Said something before. I've tried to say things to you. I gave up years ago. Listen, lady, I'm sorry. Listen, lady, you can't even speak to me with more warmth than you'd show a stranger. You better say something. What am I supposed to say? Nothing. The less said between us, the better. Gotta help me with this thing. I'd be only too willing to try to help save this marriage. You're the one who won't try. Look, lady. Will you stop calling me that? Have you been drinking? Her name's Carlotta. Carlotta, you mind if I call you that? No, I haven't been drinking. I don't want to argue with you. Call her Lottie. Lottie? You haven't called me Lottie in 30 years. Look, uh, the the, the truth is, uh, we really don't know each other at all. I thought I knew you once, long ago. Yeah, Lottie, you see, you, you think you know me, but really, I'm just a bum. See, you think you know me, but you don't. And I don't really know you either. Oh, Melvin, now I don't know what to say. You don't know how long I've wanted to talk to you like this. I've been so lonely in this house. It's a pretty nice house. You've given me material things, but they mean nothing. Not really. What I want is you. What I wanted was for you to give me was your love. Oh, I don't think we should be having this conversation. I mean, we're strangers and all. But if you can see that, then it's not too late for us. How could a beautiful lady like you have anything to do with a guy like me? (laughs) Oh, Melvin... (laughs) Oh, hey, hey, whoa, maybe we should slow down a little. Yes, let's savor every moment. Oh, Melvin, I never knew you could be so romantic. I'll have Parks light a fire. We haven't used the fireplace in years. And then uh, I'm saying to Jonathan, are you sure this is all right? And Jonathan goes, as long as you don't go too far. As long as you don't go too far. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> It'll be fun watching the newly made banker try not to have sex with him. <laughs> his doppelganger's wife because it sounds like she's in the mood yeah and he presumably has not had any action for a long time that's debatable so we're still at the house poor melvin the bum he didn't learn in his office building he went straight to his house and now he's trying to get into his house guess what's going to happen again he's getting kicked out of his house despite (laughs) looking exactly like the guy who lives there just a little bit dirty i mean there's a really big beard he does have a really big beard how fake is the beard in this episode is is it a good beard it's or is it? It's a good beard. It really? Yeah. It's a good beard. I mean, it did take me a second at the start. I did turn to Joel and I was like, that's the same actor, right? It did take me a minute. So it, it's not bad. But it is very substantial girth-wise. Huge. It's like it's down past his nips. Oh, dang. Okay. So it's kind of like a ZZ top level kind of prosthetic beard situation. So he tries to get into the house, but then he gets thrown out and into the dirty garden. Yeah, it's another toss out by the belt. And if you show your face around here again, you'll be spending the night in jail. I think we ought to go, Mr. Rich. Go? Go where? I can't even get my own house. I can't get anywhere looking like this. Oh, I don't know. I think I know a place where you fit right in. 
Cut to the downtown rescue mission. We are outside. There's a long line. Melvin poor guy is going, oh man, can you imagine Melvin rich in a soup line? And then a worker comes out from at the top of the stairwell and says, sorry, y'all, we're out of soup because of budget cuts. He's like, hey, wait, you can't do that. You can't stop the soup line. And then they go, ah, you got to blame Melvin Rich for the budget cuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the guy standing in line next to Melvin Rich, he's the one who said, yeah, you got to tell it to Melvin Rich. And then he introduces himself. He's like, hey, I'm Joe. What's your name? And you can see bum Melvin Rich stop and think for a second. And he goes, I'm Willie the Waver. So he introduces himself as Willie. Well, it sounds like Melvin Rich is starting to take his vitamins. He just doesn't want to get beat up, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not getting it yet. The next thing he says to Mark is, I had a voodoo curse put on me. What are these people's excuses? Why don't they go out and get jobs? And then Mark says, Oh, really? What kind of a job do you think you could get dressed like that? Do you think you could run for mayor? Oh, my Lord. The campaign debate. I've got to be on television tomorrow. It's the most important debate of the campaign. Well, you're never going to make it, so don't worry about it. Don't worry. I'll be ruined if I don't show up. Well, you're going to show up, but it's not going to be you. Mark says Willie's going to handle it, man. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be funny, too. Yeah, he's not excited about that. Oh, no, this is my chance of being the richest person in town and also in charge of the government. Which is way more than he wished for. Boom, hard cut. We've now left Skid Row. We are now fireside in the mansion. It's going to get romantic. Willie and Lottie are sitting in a love seat together, arms around each other. She's leaning in. She has her head on his shoulder. Behind them in the shadows, lit by a single candle, is John. Jonathan's Spooky. there. Of Spooky course. time. <laughs> yeah. Are Willie and Jonathan making any eye contact? No. But no. John does whisper to him, how does this feel? And Willie's like, man. I always wanted a family. He says it feels nice and cozy. Sure beats standing over a trash can in the park. You get used to being alone, but this is better. And then Lottie says, I always wanted a family too, but you're the one who said you didn't. Sounds like Willie doesn't mind doing the deed if the opportunity comes to the forefront. He was a little nervous about it before, but now he's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I mean, Jonathan is literally like five feet away from him, though. So that's not the most conducive to high romance don't think probably not yeah are there any uh like animal skin rugs in view they don't show a lot it's a pretty tight shot we see the fireplace we see the love seat and like candles everything else is pretty dark i remember at this point willie said something that was kind of interesting he said about being a bum he says you know you don't miss what other people have but then when you see what other people have and you realize that they let it all just kind of go to waste but it was just sort of like a little reflection he had lottie is trying really hard to get rich willie to stay up all night she says something mm-hmm. like, let's just stay up awake all night holding each other. And then Jonathan's like, you got that big debate tomorrow, man. Get a little sleep, okay? Willie, you got that debate tomorrow. You better get some rest. Why can't it last longer? But it can, darling. Let's lie awake holding each other all night long. Can't do that, Willie. This is only temporary, you know that, so do I. He's like, oh, Lottie. And he holds her hand and he kisses it. And he says, just remember tonight, nothing could keep me from falling in love with you. Even though I tried not to and all the angels in heaven might be against it. And then it's just a shot of Jonathan sitting on the couch watching them. Spooky times with Jonathan. Yeah, it made me think of Dark Shadows. Do you know Dark Shadows? (laughs) Oh, man. There is a Dark Shadows documentary (gasps) 
on either Amazon or Hulu. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's Mm -hmm. about the guy who came up with Dark Shadows. It's about the original series. And then, like, there was a a 90s reboot. I remember watching when it was on TV, and I was, like, obsessed with it. It's a great documentary. Joel introduced me to Dark Shadows. Yeah, when Netflix first introduced streaming, and it was all B-movies and, like, soap operas, I got into the old black and white Dark Shadows. My name is Victoria Winters. It is now late mid-August in Collinwood, and I can feel the creeping hands of winter wrapping its skeletal fingers around my remains. My name is Victoria Winters. My journey is beginning. A journey that I hope will open the doors of life to me and link my past with my future. A journey that will bring me to a strange and dark place. To the edge of the sea, high atop Widow's Hill. A house called Collinwood. A world I've never known, with people I've never met. People who tonight are still only shadows in my mind, but who will soon fill the days and nights of my tomorrows. It does not surprise me that you like Dark Shadows. It's a pretty cool show. The name of this documentary I am referring to is Master of Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows has been a Dan Curtis production. Let's just look on the Just Watch app. Not a sponsor of this show, but let me tell you, Just Watch is one of the most useful apps on my iPhone today. I can literally type in any TV show or movie almost within comprehension and figure out exactly where it's available, either for free or for pay, guys. We are truly gods. What's the name of that app again? It's called Just Watch. I'm typing in right now, Master of... Ugh. Auto spell is always. Master there of what? are two words that auto spell is always confounding me on. Mm-hmm. When I want to spell the word on, it resets it to in. Oh. When I want to spell of, it resets it to if. Every single flipping time. Mm-hmm. But that's not it's the mad- Just Watch app's fault, guys. Maddening, though. All right, Master of Dark Shadows is playing. Oh, it's behind the paywall. Oh, man. What the heck? It was streaming for free somewhere. Master of Dark Shadows, though. Okay. Well worth a watch. All right, so tell me a story, guys. Where are we going after the Dark Shadows? Daytime. Outside a building, there's a large anti-Melvin Rich protest going on. People with big signs waving them in the air. One of them says, we need free clinics. And poor Melvin, the bum, is working his way through the crowd with Mark behind him. And I wrote, he is still trying to get into places. Mm -hmm. He still is trying to get in. This is where the debate is going to be held. He doesn't get tossed out on his rear this time, but the security guard is like, no. Let me through. Let me through. Let me through. Just stay back there, pal. You don't understand. I have got to get inside. I'm Melvin Rich. Of course you are. Now just stay back there. Okay, so we have a debate, guys. Oh, it's debate time. Because this is the protest outside the debate, outside the news studio. Okay, so the now not Rich Willie cannot get into the debate. No. So Rich Willie, he's he's up to bat. Yeah. So we're inside the debate. There's a big blue screen behind everyone. There's a moderator whose name happens to be... Jonathan. Jonathan Martin. So not Jonathan Smith. No. No. And they say, the setup for this debate is that you each can ask one another three questions. And so we have candidate Frank Sturgis debating candidate J. Melvin Rich. We're going to open up with Frank Sturgis. I would like to ask Mr. Rich if he doesn't think it's strange that every highway construction bill he pushed through the city council wound up going to his own company, Tricor Construction. Does sound pretty fishy, doesn't it? 
do you think, Jonathan? And the moderator's like, I don't know, Mr. Rich. It's up to you. And but he the, doesn't know. He's Rich Willie. He's just like, right. whoa, that sounds gross. Well, and since he doesn't know, Angel Jonathan, again, in an aside, goes, your company Tricor bought all the votes. And Willie goes, well, there you have it. My company Tricor bought the votes. Just to help my own imagination of this scene, Jonathan is invisible standing next to Rich Willie during the debate. Yes. Okay. Yes. Come on, guys. Yes. This Michael Landon factor is like... It's like so close to a 10. He's been invisible for like 70% of this episode. <laughs> so Rich Willie goes on. He decides not to ask his questions. Instead, Rich Willie says, look, I can save everybody a lot of time here. I've been reading about my opponent, this Sturgis fellow, and he, he seems like an honest fellow. Don't you think, Jonathan? <laughs> and again, the moderator is like, I must remind you, Mr. Rich, it's your opinion we want here. So then Rich Willie goes on to say, well, in my opinion, Sturgis is an honest fellow and he'd make a pretty good mayor. That's that's good enough for me. I would vote for him if I were you folks. <laughs> Rich Willie says to Jonathan, he says, can I say one more thing, Jonathan? And moderator Jonathan just looks exasperated and he goes, oh, you're on a roll, Willie. Why stop now? You're on a roll, Willie. Why stop now? He wouldn't have said that, though. I must have typed that wrong. You're on a roll, Melvin. You're on a roll, J. Melvin Rich. Yeah, because he doesn't know he's Willie. So Rich Willie, Melvin mm -hmm. Rich, is going to close the debate by saying one more thing. And he turns to the camera, looks straight in the camera, and addresses Lottie. Lottie? Are, are you watching? I just want to tell you that last night was the most beautiful night of my life. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Well, uh, that's it. Uh, so, goodbye, folks. Have a nice day. Keep smiling. End of, that's the end of the craziest debate ever. That's literally J. Melvin Rich's nightmare. <laughs> and we cut to Lottie, and she's just crying. Oh Looking at the TV, God. just crying. She is, like, eating it up. They clearly boned. I don't want to get crass, but they it seems like they, they, they went not. to the bone zone. No, we're totally going to clear that up in a minute. <laughs> Whether okay? or not I, Michael just, Landon's ghost is watching. I want you to know that they did not. No. Michael Landon does is, not condone that, even though the body is the same. If your mind is switched, it's adultery. You're right. I apologize. Gross, Sam. I apologize to the Michael Landon So estate. gross. Okay, so we get another shot of the crowd outside the debate who were picketing before. Now they're all chanting, yes, Rich, yes, Rich. Like their team Melvin now. Yeah, they want to vote for Melvin because he seems like a loopy, loopy <laughs> yeah. guy. They're like, yeah. he's not so bad after all. Okay, get ready. We have something kind of abrupt coming up. So now it's outside Melvin Rich's home. Mm -hmm. It's nighttime. We've got Melvin the bum outside the house trying to break in again. And he's, he's, he's got, got a idea. pretty good suspicion that somebody's trying to make some moves on his wife. Right. Like, uh, I saw what you said on that TV. But he's got an idea that this time to get in. He's going to do a little ding dong ding ditch action okay so he rings the doorbell then he goes and he hides behind one of the pillars the butler comes out oh yes anybody out here then melvin the bum runs inside really quick and now we're inside and parks turns around and melvin the bum is now dressed as melvin the rich guy switch places back do, 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 do. He's wearing a three-piece suit. Okay, so when he crossed the threshold of his own dwelling, he became his old self. Yes. And Parks turns to him and he's all like, oh, hey, sir. There's a whole staff of like seven people wearing their maid and butler uniforms, and they're all applauding. Bravo, we're so proud of you. We loved your speech. And he's all like, whoa, whoa what, 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 oh. And then the first thing he asks is, where is Mrs. Rich? The butler says, she's upstairs waiting.
waiting for you in your bedroom, sir. To which Melvin says, why is she in my bedroom? She's got a bedroom of her own. She would care to fornicate, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she has a surprise planned for you. And he's winking. It's quite he's involved, winking. sir. He's, like, he's literally <laughs> winking. We're supposed to bring dinner for you and leave you alone. Yeah. Wink, wink, wink. And Melvin just says, what's wrong with your eye? <laughs> And then Melvin, as a parting shot, turns to the chauffeur and says, you, I'll deal with you later. And then he goes upstairs. He walks into his bedroom. And there's like a little table with like fancy dinner service on it. Then Lottie runs and jumps his bones. I wrote, she comes running out of the bathroom and pounces on him. And they roll around on the bed. He's like, have you gone mad? And she says, yes, mad for you. I'm going to make you the happiest man in the world tonight. You've never acted like this, not even when we were courting. (laughs) That's what rich people call it. But last night, I had the most wonderful time with you. Okay, and just to be clear, she says, you are not going to refuse me tonight like you did last night. I won't settle for just one kiss. And Melvin, you're not going to refuse me tonight like you did last night. Tonight, you're mine, and I won't settle for just one kiss. Just one kiss, that's all there was? Of course, you remember. Maybe the man you were with last night wasn't such a bum after all. Okay, I've been proven wrong by the show. And she's like, yeah, you're not the bum. You, in fact, are the most popular man in the city tonight. Your stock has shot through the roof. And the attorney general said, hey, if you return the money, you'll just get a fine. You're rich enough not to go to jail now that you've said some nice things on television. Yep. The world loves you tonight, but not as much as I will. I might have made that a little sexier than she said, but it was still. And I think the last Inflection paired with gestures on the microphone just don't pay (laughs) off during a podcast, I'm afraid to tell you, Joel. We're not live streaming yet. I just haven't figured out how to get the super chat operational on YouTube. Once we start twitching this. Uh, (laughs) No, thanks. Okay, so we're going to close this scene with Lottie and Melvin. And Melvin says, I've seen things in the last 24 hours that I never knew existed, as if through another man's eyes. End scene. Now we're going to go back to the park because Willie's a bum again. John and Willie are walking together. Yep, and it's it's nighttime. And they end up back on the bench and Willie's like, so it's back to being a bum again, huh, Jonathan? Jonathan's like, you were never a bum, Willie. And then Willie says, you forget how lonely it gets. Kind of hard to come back to things the way they were. And then he's like, is this it, Jonathan? Is this the way it ends? Oh, yeah, because Willie is supposed to die. They set it up that Willie's only got like four hours to live. He had one kiss and then he gets to die alone on the park bench. I did think that too. And then I was like, oh, Jonathan's there. Jonathan says, no, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. Why don't you lie down? And Willie's like, I do feel really tired all of a sudden. And Willie lies down on his back, face up. Hey, what do you think about that? He looks up and the tree's full of white blossoms. Blossoms, they're falling. And they start falling down on him. They're so beautiful. It's just like snow, but not cold. These are so beautiful. So beautiful. And John says, so are you, Willie. So are you. John looks heavenward, fade to black. That's another chilling ending, just like to touch the moon, where it's just like, look off into the middle distance, dead guy. Totally thought of that to touch the moon episode. Not quite as tragic because it's not a small child, but yeah, very reminiscent of that episode. 
One more scene. One more scene? Right. I know. So it's not, it doesn't end because To Touch the Moon ended with the kid dying and Jonathan looking off. So we do get one more scene, daytime. We're at the park. Melvin's there. Lottie's there. There's a big crowd there. I thought it was maybe going to be like a funeral. Yeah, I thought it was a funeral at first, but it's not. And uh, J. Melvin Rich is kind of officiating, is giving a speech. We are here today to pay tribute to one who walked quietly amongst us, a man who brought joy and happiness into the lives of many people who didn't even know his last name. There's no saying, you should never judge a man until you walk a mile in his moccasins. Well, I walked in the footsteps of this gentle soul for a brief moment, and I can tell you, he could fill the shoes of any man, no matter what his station in life. His park is going to seem forever empty without him. But we won't forget him. Wherever you are, Thank you, Willie. And may flights of angels lead you to heaven. I have it on good authority that that is the case. Jonathan and Mark are there. There's a big purple velvet blanket over something. Lottie pulls off the purple velvet blanket, and it's a big plaque on a granite stand with a hand sticking out of it. And it says, in memory of Willie the Waver, he was nice. Everyone applauds. Oh, it's a statue of a hand because he was the waver. Right. Okay. Right. My initial reaction was like, hmm, pretty cheap for a statue. Just a hand? It's a really big hand. It's like the size of 10 hands. Okay. It's like a plaque with like a picture of a hand on it. I don't know. I feel like it was three-dimensional. It was like an embossed hand. You're saying like a bas-relief? Welcome back to Art Fight with Joel Luters and Rachel Mayer. Bring it. I think it was the size of a giant's hand. You could stick your hands around. Do you picture it as like a hand like coming out of the plaque? Yes. Like reaching like it's going to wave? Yes. Oh, I don't remember it that way. Uh, Regardless, this was a statue to commemorate the long, the Willie's dead and that's his statue and dedication. We can agree on that. And that's the end. Mm Mm-hmm. John and Mark are clapping. The homeless folks in the park are clapping. Mm -hmm. The camera pulls back. Theme music plays. The end. That's Episode 20. Wow. Pretty good. I always enjoy a double role, and uh, Ned Beatty's a good actor, so I'm sure that this was a very enjoyable episode to watch. Mm -hmm. And as I uh, hinted many times, I see this having potential to be a very high-scoring Michael Landon Factor episode. But before we get to the Michael Landon Factor, I think we should uh, address what the moral of the story here is. For me, the moral of the story is, if you have too much money, and you're whipping it around in everybody's face, and taking advantage of people, you better watch your back. Because... You got a double out there somewhere, and if you run into an angel, he's going to glue your butt to the chair and make you be that guy for a while until you learn a lesson. Hmm. Well, that is what the episode was about. I have a couple takeaways. Just because you're a rich businessman, tycoon who owns a lot of buildings, doesn't mean you're necessarily qualified to run for office. And then my second one is just be nice, right? I mean, isn't that kind of the obvious? Be nice. Okay. You don't agree with that, Joel. You seem skeptical. I mean, I I would, okay, I would disagree that one of the lessons is just because you're a rich business tycoon, it doesn't mean you should run for office. I know. It was a little tongue in cheek, Joel. Oh, was it? Yeah. Because in my opinion, the only way we're going (laughs) to get these career politicians 
out of the swamp you know is by draining it with the most qualified people from other areas, whether that's the business area, whether that's military, whether that's even even teachers. Why aren't teachers running for political office? Instead, they're just taking their summers off doing nothing. They don't have enough money to run for office. They get paid year round for doing nothing. <laughs> oh, I think our producer has passed retriever. us a note here. Uh, oh, this looks like your personal email address, Joel. Uh, <laughs> I've been asked by the producer of this program to read it on air. That's Joel Luter's at. What? what where's the? Whoa, wait, oh, it lit on fire. Sam, Sam, no. We love teachers. Teachers are good. We were joking. Yes, teachers deserve their summers off. Everyone deserves their summers off. Let's just make that a thing. That would be all right. Yeah, and the people who have to work in the summers, like the lifeguards and the hot dog vendors and the cotton candy vendors, they can have a few months off in the winter. Yeah, nobody wants cotton candy, you know, January through March. No, No. ice cream shop owners. Video editors. (laughs) Pick your your 10 weeks off. No, I think uh, for the moral of this, I I feel like they spelled it out really quick and it was just not to judge someone until you've walked a mile in their moccasins. I was more than a little bothered by the choice of the term moccasins, and mm-hmm. I think it is very good evidence of the time period in which this show was made. For sure. We're probably all familiar with the walk a mile in his shoes. That's that's what we hear these days. Yeah, I why don't couldn't know they the just origin. say shoes? <laughs> it did open him up for the wingtip joke. I don't wear moccasins. I think he said, like, I, mean, I haven't worn moccasins in years. They have good writers. I wear wingtips. They could have written another joke. All right. Uh, let's not beat around the bush here. I want to know what you guys think is the Michael Landon factor for this episode, because if I had my druthers, I would be on the voting panel today. What is the Michael Landon factor for season one, episode 20? Uh, what's the title again? The Banker and the Bum. Yes. Let's talk about it. Okay. So first thing, one thing there was not was automobile magic. That's it. That's the only thing that wasn't there. But we got to counter that with all the new things that were introduced, like namely the being invisible to the majority of people in the room and yet coaching a main character throughout. Lots of invisibility. Mm -hmm. The imaginary friend effect was in full bloom today. Gluing someone's bottom to the chair. That's a first. And not only invisibility, selective visibility. Yes. Yeah, super selective Because people could, they would turn to him and talk to him. Mm -hmm. And not just him, both Mark and Jonathan. Angel glue, selective visibility for self and others. Uh, The gluing to the chair, can we call that ass magnetism? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can. Okay. Go ahead. And there was a bit of mind control, wasn't there? There's a bit of like power of suggestion a bit. Yeah, let those people, uh, let my friend go. Yeah, that's true. There wasn't Michael Landon romance. There was no carrot. The magical angel carrot was absent along with the the angel magic. Yeah, we don't see that that much anymore. And I frankly am pretty okay with that. Me too. And I think that lends some credence to the fact that Michael Landon's torso isn't naturally hairless. Because if it was, he'd be whipping off his shirt every single episode and dangling the carrot for everyone to see. Yeah, nobody wants to deal with all that maintenance. Too much waxing. But a high score. Oh, yeah. Do you want to go first or I've made my mind up? If there was a car, I'd give it a 10. I mean, if there was a car, you'd have to give it a 10. Yeah. But there's no car. I'm going to go 9-9. I respect it. I respect it. Wow. I'm going 9.5. 9.5. All right. Well, that's pretty easy math for me today. According to your hosts here, season one, episode 20 of Highway to Heaven, the banker in the bum has an overall Michael Landon factor of 9.7. And I'd have to say the cumulative score is probably the highest scoring episode to date. I think for sure it is. And I agree with that. 
Well, that's just incredible. They've really started to pull out all the stops in the last handful of episodes here. What is going to come up next? Yeah. yeah, I can only. I'm pretty excited, actually. What are we going to see in these last few episodes? I'm hoping for some time travel. Maybe yeah. a guy in a gorilla suit. Oh my god. What about like a hang glider? Yeah, that'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Maybe da, a scuba da, da, scene. Da, 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 da. That's what I always oh, think. Oh yeah, hang fixing gliders. things. Yeah. Maybe you can like repair a, b- a bunch of things and they escape from like mm-hmm. a uh, a forest prison. Yeah, or like an underground bunker with lasers. That'd be sweet yeah. too. Joel and I, when we first met, used to watch a lot of MacGyver. Joel. Really likes MacGyver. We all liked MacGyver. Well, who doesn't, right? But during the opening scene, Joel would say everything right before it happened, like, hang glider, funny smile, rescue guy. And that's whenever I hear the word hang glider, I just picture (laughs) MacGyver hang glidering out of that East Asian prison camp. (laughs) It was quite a montage in the opening of MacGyver. It was probably the most exciting thing on the show. Have you guys seen the MacGruber movie? No. no, I haven't Should seen we? the movie. Oh we? my God. If you like MacGyver, you will love the MacGruber is movie. That, is that a guarantee, Sam? Yes. Okay. I will okay. supplicate to you on my knees oh and my sing gosh. the praises of MacGruber. It is so funny. Okay. It is so funny, so unexpected, highly inventive. Nice. It's great. Well, so with that. Yeah, that seems like a nice way to wrap things up. Yeah. Everybody go out there. Try to find Master of Dark Shadows mm-hmm. and MacGruber. That is a great double feature. And if you have some extra time, this is a pretty good episode, too. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're looking for a few to pick and choose and watch, this is a fun one. Lots of double Ned Beatty action to really mm-hmm. sink your teeth into. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't get an Emmy. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with me today, guys. Mm-hmm. As always, thank you for your time, and thank you for telling me another wonderful story. Anytime, well, Sam. Quite frankly, I can't wait until episode 21, because this show is really getting exciting. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to contact us on the social media, the robot after the show. We'll tell you all about that. And see you on the next one, everybody. Bye. See you on the flippity flop. Next time on Highway to Heaven Revisited. Why would you want my autograph? You don't have to pretend. You're Laurie Parks. I've seen all your movies. Movies? Sure. Don't you know? She's a star. You're drunk. No, I'm not. I'm sober for a change, and you know something? It feels good. Come on, Jonathan, let's go home. Highway to Heaven Revisited is the galaxy's only podcast offering a comprehensive view of Michael Landon's classic 1980s television series, Highway to Heaven. Do you want to watch along with Rachel and Joel? Highway to Heaven is streaming almost anywhere. Check your favorite streaming platform to see if it is available. Please follow Highway to Heaven Revisited on Instagram. That's at Highway to Heaven Revisited. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts or moderator? Call the Hotline to Heaven. The number is 612-356-2495. That number again is 612-FLOW-BIZ-5. Your message might be played on the show. Or send the show an email at highway to heaven revisited at gmail.com. Your message might be featured on the show. If you have time, please rate and review Highway to Heaven Revisited wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. 
theme music composed by Ryan Just. Thank you for listening, and be sure to join the gang for the next episode. Highway to Heaven Revisited is a Channel 3 TV production.